Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Your Heroes of Noise. I am one one third of this dynamic trio. My name is Steve. I am two thirds. My name is Dan. What's happening? Welcome to episode 133. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a return guest. Steve, are you excited? We got a return I'm guest. I'm very excited. I like how quickly you did that math with the two thirds. Thank you very much. That's about the extent of my math. That's all I'll be doing for today. But let's get back to the important stuff at hand. We have a guest. Maybe you've heard his music before. Maybe you've heard of Farouk. If not, you should. I don't know why you haven't. However, if I may, Steve, take the honor of just uh, introducing this young man, this young upstart here, this uh, this uh, fire that's about to explode. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you Daniel Dominguez to the Heroes of Noise show. What's happening, brother? <laughs> of noise, 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 noise. <laughs> that's my jam. Oh, you know, just out here. Uh, call me Young Beans and Rice because there's a lot on my plate, I guess. Jesus Damn. Christ. Will you stop it? This guy already, Steve. There is lag because I'm saying good jokes and it takes three seconds like you guys are slow or something. All <laughs> <laughs> right. This is just like my work meetings via uh, Zoom right now. <laughs> I mean, you know what? The thing is, is that podcasters have been dealing with this shit a lot longer than 2020 when everyone had to get used to the Zoom. <laughs> you know, the only thing, the only difference with this is that I'm not getting up to take a leak and you're watching me do it because I forgot to turn the camera off. But Whoops. yeah, it's fine. We'll work with this. Not a problem. This is 2020, ladies and gentlemen. There's been a lot worse shit happening in the world. We can deal with a little bit of audio lag. Oh, Jesus. Don't Absolutely. You, I about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, a, it's the <laughs> zombie apocalypse, isn't it? You know, I don't I don't believe it is, Steve. I don't believe it is the zombie apocalypse. You I've don't. been thinking about it because you oh, say that often. Oh, let's do it. And I'm just saying, you say it often. Uh-huh. It's the zombie apocalypse, but I, I feel like this is a um, <laughs> dare I say a temporary situation. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't think so? Have you given up all hope? No. Here's what it is: um, we have been standing atop dead bodies trying to get out of the grave, and now the dead bodies are walking around. So it never was good. We just didn't know how bad it was. And now we're like, oh, there are living dead bodies now. So now we're just seeing it. And we will now be seeing those bodies forever because in, 2000, in 2021, they're not going away. So yeah, it's now the zombie apocalypse. And we just have to deal with that and figure out maybe there's other countries with no zombies walking around. That's all. If I may add my third. Sure, please. All right. Uh, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey thanks for coming on dan appreciate it <laughs> okay so you said uh dan you said it's temporary and oh. steve said it's not temporary mm-hmm. the problem is it could have been temporary if we had been able to take the same action as the rest of the world did however this country and its stubbornness has not so it's not temporary because nobody ever settled the hell down and, and stayed home the government didn't take care of us and send us food and PPE and all those other things. They gave us a, a $1,200 check and said, <laughs> vote for me again. And so it should be temporary, but it's not. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I will say this. What you're talking about with the check and the, the, the coronavirus, that's the equivalent of the smell of the zombies. 
So it's a <laughs> symptom, and we that makes us know that the zombies are there, but it does nothing. We just are now like, oh, snap, turns out there's also zombies behind this. We are now just faced with the real problems of this country, and those problems aren't going away. That's just going to be there. It's just the coronavirus was just a symptom of the issues, and it just puts it in spotlight. And a lot of people that are already, like like I said, I'm on The Late Show. A lot of people that are already doing all this work are just like, yeah, been that way for some time. Like, oh, crap, you're right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, like, uh, I know Daniel, uh, Daniel was looking at, uh, hit me up with some Swedish information. I was like, dang, Sweden? <laughs> Lord have mercy, that's far. We're not going to drive there. Gee, but that is like, you're making, like, Daniel's making a point. He's not just leaving. He's like. I'm going to, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I'm going. I just, I'm not against looking around. Yeah, neither am I. But I think Steve's going. Oh, I'm going. But probably Canada, dude. I was going to say, Steve's going to end up in Canada, called it. Yeah, I got to tip my, like, I know Michael is just like, really? You're, that's what you call moving away? Because he came, you know, he's like, yeah, I guess that's far, but it's not far. So it's like I'm tipping my toe into, you know, learning how to do this and get the visas and all this stuff. And then from there, who knows? But uh, we're like, we're a few generations away from people that used to always leave. Like, you know, these jazz artists that go to freaking Paris for a while and here for a while. It's true. That is true. Nina Simone's like, I'm out. I'm dipping. She just went to Paris for how long? Like the rest of her, <laughs> the rest of her career for the most part. I just talked about her and you. To someone else. I, I think I told my mom, I was like, do you know Dan got to see Nina Simone in concert? And she was like, what? I'm like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How weird is that? That was good shit, dude. That's no, that's something crazy. I don't, I don't uh, ever forget. You know what I mean? You can't forget that one. That's insane to me. I don't think you'd really sim- You don't actually talk about that enough. That's crazy. Well, I talked about it a lot when it happened. And I, somewhere, somewhere I still have the recording of it too. But it's mostly just Gail and I drunk as shit going like, woo, the whole time. That's even more interesting. If I was to go back in time and sit next to us as different people, I would be pissed because everything was just like Gail's crying the whole time. Every time a song Aww. comes on, she gets all excited. I'm just like, yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> oh, look at Gail. Now here, you know what? Crying is okay. Unless it gets really down and out other than death and sickness, Daniel, when's the last time you cried? Nothing with death and sickness though. Like in just normal life. I'm crying a lot more lately. It's a trip. Here we go. It's about to get deep. Oh, boy. That's mm-hmm. Well, I make. Here we go. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the music making process right uh-huh. now, everything has been so crazy and I've like evolved and gotten so much better. And I'm actually seeing like that. I'm like realizing my dreams that I had since I was a kid and it gets really freaking intense. And so they're like happy tears. But like while I was producing the EP for JD Garza, there was a few times where like the harmonies just hit so good that I cried or the songs, the songs just came together so well that I put my head down and just cried. And I was telling the guys because we were all having these experiences going through this song. This was new for us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're all going to cry at some point. Right. (laughs) And we're like, yeah, except for Javi, because he's a stone wall. He's a he's a mountain of a man. So he he won't cry in front of people. But JD got his cry on during a song or two, and so did I, and then during the mixing process too. So that was last month. And then this month, working on the Farouk songs, the ones that I sent you guys, I sent you both different songs too. It's the one you had trouble opening. 
It's good, dude. Because I'm old really and I don't understand Google Drive. <laughs> Will you stop it? <laughs> I just learned about it this year, man. Cut yourself some slack. For real, it's not as easy as it seems. Like it there's, there's definitely, I mean, once you get schooled, not schooled, but once someone goes, hey, dummy, hit this button, everything's fine. But until then, I'm like, I, I don't know. I guess How would I just, you have possibly been able to figure it out? I never figured it out. It, had to, it took somebody else to tell me too. What are we talking about? Me crying, being hella emo. No, I'm talking about the to, to having a problem opening something. I was like, what? what, what? Well, Go- I want to go back to this crying thing because yes, Daniel yes, just gave yes. us a very heartwarming story about why he cries. No, Steve yes. wants to hear about how to use Google Drive on his phone instead. Yeah, because that's what everyone <laughs> wants to hear. No, we want to hear about the singer of a hardcore band crying. Yes. Now, well, Steve, I want to know when's the last time you cried? Because you, to me, are like a Vulcan. I can see you watching Schindler's List and being like, yeah, yeah, that's how that's that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wow. I'm just saying that's Good what movie. I can say. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, uh, probably last week. You cried last week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cried on like Friday. Why are you crying on Friday? Uh, I listened to the whole side B of Abbey Road. And at the end when it was like, and in the end, like the last thing they recorded. And it made me cry. Really? I think you're making that one up. I'm dead serious. It's a music thing, man. I hadn't listened to it for so long, and I'm just like, this is the end of the, this is the end. It's like knowing that they also put that plaque outside Abbey Road with that quote on it, and in the end, the love, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. What a career. <laughs> Lord, just give me the Beatles career, and I'll be fine. That is quite the punctuation for their Gee, career. It's a beautiful, and the fact that it just ends there, it's like, hey, this is it. Oh, Jesus, man. I mean, at the, there is no question they're the most important group in history. It's just not, it's just not, a, it's not a question. And oh, it just made man. me cry. I can't wait to piss you off. I wish you would. No, I won't. Let's keep it serious. Thank you. Thank it's music that's making us cry. Thank you very much. I'm in, I'm in the Farouk studio realizing my dreams, like sitting there in a dedicated music space, mm-hmm. creating music that's in my head and making it into mm-hmm. something and it makes you cry. Yes. You're listening to this piece of music and thinking about a whole career, and you see the 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 how poetic it is, and it makes you cry. Absolutely, fire, absolutely beautiful. It's that beautiful. inspiration. It is beautiful, but also I have to realize that I realized my dream when I had my son. I just didn't know it was my dream, and so everything else after that was just a pale in comparison. Everything else after that that makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize it, but it's just like everything else. It takes so much more for me to get there because that moment was it. And so everything else was kind of down, downhill after that. <laughs> everything sucked after that. <laughs> well, that was a, like, it was, I thought I had loved things. And now when I'm just like, I love that. It doesn't even, it's not even up. <laughs> Are we getting real? Cause I'll get real with you. Like, oh, I ahead, I, you know, I'm just saying, I totally understand that, man. Cause yeah. I remember it was a matter of about 30 seconds from the time of being in the delivery room and anticipating the birth of a child to seeing the actual child being birthed. Dude. Dude. I'm like, oh, there's a whole bigger picture going on here. Bro, thank you. This is one of the most beautiful, <laughs> albeit grossest things I've ever seen. But it's beautiful at the same time. It's it, not a pretty sight. I don't give no. a shit what anyone says. It's beautiful, the babe. No, that shit is horrific. Yes. Speaking of horrific, these movies you guys made me watch. Daniel Tao, dare you. Okay, that can mean two things. That can mean bad or just gory. Yeah, you guys are talking about this horrible scene, but it being the most beautiful thing you've seen. Like that happens. Now just thinking about all this gore I had to watch. Oh, there we go. Well, you're not a you're not a person that enjoys the gore. 
I'm not a person. You're not a person that enjoys watching film and TV, right? I can enjoy it. Hey, just, Daniel, can you do me a favor and uh, swallow a little bit? Uh, so you beat me to it. I'm like, Daniel, can you please just just go ahead and turn up your microphone and then just go ahead and continue swallowing like that? <laughs> You're the only person that literally says gulp when you drink. Come on, dude. <laughs> gulp, gulp. I'm sorry. It's this high yeah. quality. Con- <laughs> you know what? I should switch my audio to my laptop instead. You're right. So then I won't get this. I'd still be able quality. to hear it. There's lots of shade. There's really? lots yeah, of shade. Be, this dude is like, I'm on a podcast. How can I eat and drink something louder? My man. was like, you know, I, I, I thought that I uh, <laughs> knew it all until I joined Farouk. And the first time we, first time we got in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, excuse me. Excuse me about it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very important lesson learned. Life lesson. Why don't you just make bong sound with the, what you're drinking? <laughs> you guys want to go with me to the bathroom now? This episode of Heroes of Noise is brought to you by Sanka. <laughs> Don't edit it out. Make sure people hear what we're talking oh, about. Oh, you know this, Steve. Come on now. This is now an ASMR episode, and I had no idea. Jeez, seriously. That's seriously, the one way for your host to let you know that you're making a little bit too much noise. Hey, how did you know about ASMR, bro? What do you mean? Steve thinks that everyone lives under rocks. And that we don't pay attention to the stuff he does. I, I know, but I'm saying, like, what, what brought you to that, Daniel? Like, did you, were you YouTubing or something? Or did someone tell you about that? Kind of a part of pop culture now, if you listen to podcasts or comedy or taking take any media that, you know, came after 2007. What if we did this entire rest of the podcast with ASMR? I mean, I, I kind of was a step ahead of you guys, but I guess you don't appreciate it. <laughs> it, dude, because uh, some of the book audio books I read, they purposely uh, narrate it like that. So they'll do like their lips smacking and stuff, and I'll go on reviews, and they're like, "Yeah, it was a great ASMR narration." I was like, "Oh Lord, is this a freaking? This is gonna be a thing now where people are doing whole books like this?" It's part of sound design. I was noticing a lot of. I had the headphones in watching a couple of those movies, and there was some stuff like that, and I was like, "Ooh, this feels good for my ears." You like the sound of ASMR? I don't know what the hell ASMR exactly means, but like to me, isn't it just like extreme sound design? Like, what does it mean? I know what it is. No, ASMR is when you talk very softly so that your mouth makes a lot of noise. And a lot like when people, when you just go to videos to hear someone chewing something. Oh, hell no. I thought it was just like sound shit. No, dude. No. To keep it technical. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And so when you're like, all that. Oh, that's a big no. Talk. That's a big no. And I apologize for doing that. (laughs) I apologize for doing that on your wonderful podcast. I can't believe it. We can hear the post-nasal drip. I'm so embarrassed. You guys are going to be lucky to know that I'm on muscle relaxers today. So this should be fun. Oh, boy. What? Oh, I threw my back out, man. Did you sneeze? No. I remember I was telling you about that one pain where it's like I breathe. that? Still? Yes. Yes. It's not my what? spine. It's it's like a tar- torn muscle, but it's like, it's got me like, I feel like I'm in like a full Nelson or something. And if I just move the wrong way, like there's a very good chance I'll be talking today and you're going to hear, ha you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm like feeling it's, it's very tense. Yeah. Don't get too turned on. This guy got all the wrestling moves now. Let me see here real quick. Let me just do my sound check. Cocaine. All right. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what you working with over there? Cocaine. Right on, let's do it. Are you on muscle relaxers or are you on cocaine? 
Oh, damn. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Steve hates that. Steve hates when I get samples of his voice. I love it, actually. I don't think I sound like that. I think you do something to it. I I actually got rid of the one where you said the C word, Steve. He likes those C words. I was about to say, he really likes the C words. I never said, and Stephen Merchant ever so often will like DM me and be like, remember when you said that word? I'm like, I didn't. Like, I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. I'm like, come on, G. From Australia? That must be a thing. He's like, I remember though. It is a very Aussie and like British word. It is. It is a well then again, Buck said no, they don't do it out there. Maybe yeah, he made it certain, sound like do not say it, period. Well, battle rap just desensitized me to everything. Cause if you watch oh, like UK battle rap or dudes from like Scotland or Ireland, like it's like any other word to them. Oh, for sure. And they're trash. I don't know why people watch UK battle rap. It's Scottish people battle rap. Dude, it sounds horrible. I love it. The humor is so different. Of course, course, you're very supportive, but. No, I'm not supportive. I found certain things to like about it. Yeah. When I listened to Homeboy, I forgot. I don't know if he's Indian or black. That one UK dude everyone loves. He battled uh, Arsenal, was it? Or did he battle. Anyway, uh, I'm just like, I would love for you to be dope if you didn't have that UK weirdness to it. You're standing there drinking a bottle of scotch. You really should be playing with me crotch. Whoa. <laughs> Don DeMarco. Marco. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I like it a lot. But your mom's got me confused with her big hairy twat. Okay, I'm done. Oh, Sorry. that's not bad. That was actually not bad. That was that was a uh... dude. That's I need to... Dan. Sign I need to send guy. you the video of of uh, Daniel uh, battle rapping. Doing what? Why Daniel got a battle rap on YouTube? Well, then why is this not something that we're playing right? Because now? I forgot to send it to you. It is ten years old and irrelevant. It's not oh. irrelevant. Never to me. When you sent it to me, I was like, oh my god, that was t- ten years ago. <laughs> You sent it to me like two years ago, G. Maybe. Dan, you'd like it. You know what shocked me, though? What's that? When Daniel was like, this nigga right here. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. And you're like, it was of the time. And I totally understood. You're just going to lie on me like that? <laughs> I know I got my soft A pass when we were at, in, in, at rehearsal, by the way. I just, just never used it. Oh. For sure, yeah, you haven't used it. It was a compliment to have it, but it's even more of an honor if you have it and don't use it. I don't even have a soft A pass. I don't have any other slur (laughs) pass. I don't think black folks get that. Why not? We can't just walk around saying other folks is, except for, like, no, no other person of color do we just call, like, stuff. As far as, I don't know a pass that we get, and I I never got no pass. What's the latest slang for like uh, for Hispanic people? Like- a cool one? None. I don't think that we have anything as cool as the soft. I'm just going to call it the soft A. Like, I don't think no- anybody has anything that cool. Like, that's like part of oh, pop culture. Don't. That That's so cool that white people want to steal it. Yeah, that's a very weird territory to be in because yeah. on one hand, it's like the worst thing you can say. On the other hand, depending on who says it, it's a term of endearment. But, and on another hand, it's kind of cool if you put it into songs. On the other hand, it's not. So, oh, yeah, dude, I think it's just something that we a, should stay away from. Like we, well, like we <laughs> yeah. talked about late, like really early in the pod. There's just it's so many meanings to it. 
Like if me and my fellas are talking, I don't even have to say anything but that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If they're just like, yeah. that, did you see that girl? And I was like, nigga. And everyone knows what you're talking about. I remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all encompassing word. But again, uh, I heard kind of got, I heard you guys kind of talking. Yeah. In LA, I didn't, no one got the pass. No. We didn't give, like, if, if someone said it to us, it was, uh, we don't care what other nationality it was. It was fighting. Yeah. But I guess in other cities, there's like a pass. Like the, when I heard folks of other cultures using it, I was like, what the? Then again, we kind of got into it years ago when um, Be Real started using it. There was like a big thing about that. Oh, uh, yeah. like, with Insane in the Membrane? Like, yeah. And we were like, he can't say that. Yeah. I remember when he said that, I'm like, ooh, Be Real. Yeah, we were mad. But then here in Fresno, everybody's like, yeah, it's cool. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I see it a lot. Like what Daniel's saying, I see it with like older Mexican dudes. I see it actually younger Mexican dudes too. Um, oh, yeah. Asians, Mongs, you know what I mean? More the Mongs, like, uh, man, they're out of control. They've been saying it more than, <laughs> they've said it more than the brothers I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh-huh. it, but now, you know what's scary is I think now uh, people are way more conscious of when black folks are around if they're so loose and saying it. <laughs> I don't no. get like the people that I that that would well I don't know because I've never had another culture say it around me except in a derogatory word when I was in the white area but I've never yeah. heard like another culture be like what's up nigga I've never had that before yeah. what about what you wrote right now uh well that was a play on it I think it's close though I was I think it's a very close that's diet soft A <laughs> Fisher Price, my first N-word. Yeah, if I was in and I was just like, what's up, Nyaka? I would get fired. Even if I tried to be like, hold on, I meant it like, they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. We don't play. This is <laughs> implied. It's, exactly. it's, it's that implied. It's implied. You don't and make I, the rules, Mr. Hudson. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't You don't make the rules for your own word. No, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a meeting. They'd be like, there's no need to have a meeting. Your last check is being mailed. And uh, it was fun having you for 20 years. Sheesh. Yeah, it's been 20, G. I was just starting when I met Daniel. So back to it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, we don't make the rules for that. <laughs> there is no other. You're right, though. There is no. I know in in, a, in a Australia there is, but it's a derogatory word. So it, even then, it's not a. I don't think aborigin, aboriginals call each other that. They should, though, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's what I'd be against. I'd be like, hey, bro, this is your land. So. <laughs> I feel like in that same vein, the term bruh is like being like replaced. Like, you know how like you were saying you don't even have to say anything. You could just say that and your and your oh, homies will get sure. it. Oh, yeah. Like now for you could just sure. be like, bruh. bruh. Like yeah. it's the same thing. <laughs> and and it's it's Nobody's being pissed off, and I love it. I think that's and only truthfully, only people of color can say it right. Oh, facts! I think it's a universal thing where it's like, wow, we found a word that everyone can say correctly, except like I've seen white folks do it. I'm just like, "Eh." well, correct me if I'm wrong. Let's go back to like the early '80s, late '70s. You'd hear a lot of "Hey, bro" from white guys on TV shows trying to because it was still like (laughs) a racial, you know, "Hey, my bro," you know, and you know that they were being racist, right? Or Jack, yeah. Or Jack, Jack. Yeah. Say really? Jack? Jim. How about Jim though? Remember Jim? I don't remember Jim. Jim was big in the seventies. Say Jim. 
Jack was derogatory? No, it was uh, like making fun of black people. Come on, Jack, that thing. So I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the right circles, but it, I seem to recall bro, B-R-O, going away for a very long time. Then it resurfaced. And then it became bro like, what's up, bro? You know, like all the oh, yeah, uh, they're, Kyle. They're a thing now. It's a all the Kyles and Eric's are like, bro, what's up, bro? And then I noticed recently on Twitter, social media and such, now it's back, but it is bruh. And but like it's now used like men say it to women all the time. Like, bro, what are you doing? You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? Yeah, I'll get in trouble for that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a, I'll get it's in a whole thing. Oh, you know what I, else I learned? What's up? Don't call a woman a female. Yeah. I didn't know that. Since when? I, the whole my whole life, we've been like, man. I, I used to talk to this female. We've always said that. They shall, don't like that. Shall story. we revisit the c-word debacle of uh, uh, two thousand seven or whatever? Whenever <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it happened. Hey, wait, Daniel. You don't say female. You don't say. Look at that female. Nah, bro. But I'm also not fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm all quiet. I don't say anything. By the way, I said 50 to to, to not insult you guys. I went, I overshot it. That is thanks. Big thanks for overshooting by two years. Appreciate that. Oh wow, oh. Dan, that's true. G. Hey, you guys could probably probably still whip my ass though. I'm so out of shape. It doesn't matter how Will old you we stop are. it. Here you go. You're not supposed to be in shape. What? How does you're that? a music producer? Dude, that Timbaland clip when he's showing when he's showing um, Jay Z and the Fade to Black DVD, he's showing him the beats and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, he's a, he's drinking t- that gallon of Tampico." Yeah, he's shaped like Rikishi and shit, and in that yeah. clip, that's what you're supposed to look like. No, because okay. I saw interviews with him afterwards, and he's like, "I had to get it together after seeing that video. That was my rock bottom, and now he's now he's shaped like the Rock. <laughs> he's out here with a big gray beard and all kinds of muscles." No, muscle. dude, he got surgery. Let's just calm down. Who drinks Tampico? That's the thing I'm still That stuff like, was so of... good. It has crack cocaine in it. I, I used to drink it <laughs> glass after glass after glass, dude. Tampico is, what, what? is short for Tampico cocaine. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you don't drink Tampico, Dan? No, it was way oh, it's too sweet. so good, dude. That's Where's what that? they call, that's the drink, Liberty though, territory right? territory that, there, man. That's where you get into like, like, uh, like orange and grape drink, right? Because it's just like a drink. It's not a juice. It's not. It's Tampico, right? It's definitely uh, Mexican it, grape drink. Yes, for sure. If I go to a friend's house, I'll know. If they don't have Tampico, I'll come back without a drink. And they'll be like, oh, we know what you were looking at for. Because I'll be like, okay, that's some juice. And I'll go in there. And if they don't have that, I'll come back empty-handed. They'll be like, oh. What the fuck is juice? <laughs> it gets all quiet in the front room. It's like, like what? I forgot to Tampico. <laughs> He's going to shit. There's no Tampico in the refrigerator. <laughs> Yeah, I'll come back and be like, oh, I, di- I wasn't specific enough. I didn't want something to drink. <laughs> when I start booking shows for you, we'll put Tampico on your rider. There we go. Hey, listen, listen. And then I'm going to have a Triton, an old Triton. I still got my Triton, by the way. Of course you do. Oh, gee. Da- do you have the VHS? Do you have the VHS that goes with it? Very funny. Fucking Herb. I do have floppy disks. Yeah, that sounds like a personal problem. I still got floppy disks. And the funny thing is they have a big old... um. They had a massive article about how the Triton changed the sound of music because everyone used it so much. They're like, it changed the whole music industry changed when that thing came around. It was corny. And I still use it for a MIDI, a MIDI controller. What's a, what's a Triton? It's a, it was a $2,000 uh, keyboard when it came out in 2001. So like production so $2, station, right? So $2,000 at the time was a lot. 
Yeah, it was a work. You could do everything. It was what Timbo used. If you see that clip with him and Jay, it's what the Neptunes used. Him for all, boo, boo, all that mm-hmm. crap. And it was like the thing to get. So I got one. And then everything, I did the whole, all of Keisha's album on the Triton. That album was fire. That that sound was so bombarded that no one, you can't even use a Triton sound now. People would be like, oh, Lord, it sounds like 1999. We got to get rid of that crap. It, it was the big flex. Is like, we got a Triton. Mm-hmm. And the other one was like the run right under it. Was it under it? The Roland Phantom? Was that under it or above it? That was right. That was like, a yes, it was right under it. But it was like, to sound different, you get the Phantom. But here's one that never went away. The NPC has stuck around till now. That's because there's no, the stock sounds are not really a thing. It's a sampler. But I just think it's a bad practice to learn on one. I oh my God. Actually, I, I did learn it. I learned how to use an NPC. It was bad I don't think times. it's good practice. It sucked. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting way of doing things. If you want to learn how to take 80 minutes to do something you could do on a computer in three. <laughs> it's true. Imagine, <laughs> Dan, Dan, imagine recording this podcast on like tape reels, like basically, <laughs> and then having to edit it like off three different tapes. Like Dude. and splice them together and mix them. Where's my scissors and scotch tape? <laughs> and then imagine Legit. having to look for drums that you sampled and not knowing where they are. Oh my You're god. You're like, I think it's on this. Wait, I think it's on I'm like, dude, who would want to do that? It's crazy. To now who would yeah. want to do that? I literally Damn. just search now. I have a search so bar nice. in Studio One. I'm spoiled. It's so not wait a minute, Dan, weren't you supposed to be making some beats? Yeah, that ain't happening anytime soon. Okay. Bro. All right. Okay. All right. Guess what? We're back. We had some issues. I don't know what's going on, but we had to actually restart. We had to restart the recording. I'm sorry. Let's continue. Gentlemen, I think we have movies that we should be talking about. We gave Daniel homework. We watched three different movies. They're all spooky ones because it's Halloween and such. But before I do so, let me go ahead and give the contact information. Would that be okay? Yes. Yo, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show with the most technical difficulties that has ever been podcasted. My name is Dan. You want to get a hold of the show? Hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That's Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, hit us up at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and Steve Hudson at SE underscore Hudson Music. Go to www.heroesofnoise.com, and there you can leave us a voicemail. You can subscribe to the shows. You can pick up some merch. You can subscribe to our friend shows. I don't know. Maybe I'll hide a little naked picture of Steve somewhere. If you guys can find that, I'll give you a prize. That's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah, You know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to do that for sure. Until then, go over there and do what I told you to do, because I'm asking, but I'm kind of telling you at the same time. Fair enough? Let's turn it back to Mr. Steve Hudson. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is time to get into some of our spooky movies, our spoomies. Spoovies, I believe, would be what you're looking for. Maybe Mookies. That sounds racist. This is anyway, all mookies? going in a bad direction. Yeah, I Mookie think sounds racist. Yeah, because a mook is a... Oh, yeah. I um, never heard that one before. I think. Mook? I think yeah, you're making sure. I think it's racist, bro. As in M-O-O-K? Yeah. Okay, I got to look real quick, because I think you just made something up. I might put Italian racist mook. Let's see. A stupid or incompetent person is a yes. mook. Okay, good. Never mind. It's not So racist. hold up. Hold up. Let's see here. Urban Here's Dictionary, though. Italian-American short form for maluk, motherfucker. A person of little social standing, one not worthy of respect. So we're okay. Oh, okay. 
I don't think that's right. So you'd be like, hey, what are you Mookie's doing over here? And it sounds bad, but it's really not that yeah, bad. It sounds horrific. It's it like saying mf <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. So, hey, Steve, let me ask you a question on this here. We're going to work something out on the show real quick because I yeah. kind of forgot about this, and I'm not sure if I should jump the gun yet. So okay. I'm going to talk to you. I'm talking to the people out there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a contest that's going to be coming, a giveaway. We've got some good stuff. Steve, I need to ask you, I don't have the merchandise that I will be giving away in hand. However, it is coming from New York. Is it safe to go ahead and do the contest now or should we wait until the Halloween show? Uh, Being that right now the post office is bombarded, I don't know Mm -hmm. when you would get it. Yeah, see, I was already supposed to have it. Tell you what, I'm not going to until I have product in hand. There we go. It's going to involve the Video Palace series, guys. So if you guys are into that, if you listen to the podcast before, they have a sequel book out now, and it's called In Search of the Eyeless Man. I have some copies that I'm going to be giving away, but I don't have them in hand just yet. But just to kind of get it out there, let you guys you know, peak the interest a little bit. If you were into the podcast, the book's awesome. There's an audiobook version as well. And since I don't have these things, I'm going to wait, and I'll kind of refine the contest a little bit. So listen up. Episode 134, our Halloween show, The Geek Out Freak Out. That's where I'm going to give everything away. Hopefully, that is. All right, Steve, let's go. Okay, so we did, like you said, Dan, we did give Daniel some homework. Daniel, are we going to leave it on the guest? What movie would you like to review first? Good question. Um, let's do the one I, the last one I watched, which was The Wolf of, <laughs> help, help me out here, The Wolf of. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Okay. Sounds like you loved it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> it's just, it's the freshest one. I have to unlock my brain for the rest of them. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. This came out in 2020. It's been a long year. Lots of stuff has happened in 2020, but this was one of those things. Terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. This is directed by Jim Cummings, written by Jim Cummings, and also stars Jim Cummings, Ricky Lindholm, Robert Foster, and a whole bunch of other people. Actually, it's Forster. I messed up. Oh, and Chloe East. Let's throw her in, too. Tell you what. I'm going to sit back. I want to hear what Daniel has to think about this. Daniel, now you watched it yesterday, so it should be pretty fresh in the memory. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was pretty dope. I'm so sorry. I'm not like, I've never reviewed a movie. <laughs> That's why I started with you first. <laughs> uh, thanks. Set the bar low. Um, I really enjoyed how it was put together and getting to play the whole whodunit game, seeing all the investigations, trying to figure it out myself. I think that's probably why like movies exhaust me and stuff is because I'm trying to figure it out from the first scene. I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen? And I'm not like excited. What's going to happen. I'm like actively working to figure out what's going to happen. And this one got me. I didn't figure it out. I'm trying to be nice since it came out in 2020 and not spoil, but like being somebody who doesn't really watch anything horror or gory themed, it really worked for me. Like I, do have trouble with some some of those things sometimes, and it, it didn't bother me. I like I rocked with it. And uh, to steal a page from your book, I'll give it uh, three out of five seam rippers. Nice. Like it. Now, did you rock with it all night? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I was kind of on one side, so I more leaned with it, rocked with it. You guys went I to like two that. different songs. You know, I was just wondering, though, like, Steve got the joke right away, right? Mm-hmm. So why did you roll your eyes? You knew it. You knew it was coming. 
I did not. I did in not the same know room? That, I, that was a surprise. I, 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 I can tell when Steve rolls his eyes just by his voice. Oh, it's, it's, it's the product of recording with someone for four years. He looked at you wow. in that tone of voice. I like what you did there, Daniel. That was pretty brilliant. That was very, very clever. That's why you're a battle rapper. I'm not a battle rapper. Works for me. Steve, what did you think, buddy? So I started this movie and immediately, uh, since I live, I I work in a very, uh, it's an empty, big office space. And so I'm sitting there (laughs) and I'm I'm watching this and Dan did not tell when I, and the funny thing is the, not to ruin it, but the title kind of gives away what it is. But in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's probably referring to something. I'm thinking it's referring to something that is, you know, tangentially aligned with whatever the uh, product of the title is. And so I'm sitting there watching and all of a sudden I see a thing and I'm like, oh, Dan, (laughs) is this the thing I don't like? And here's what I love about this movie. It has the comedy I like. It has Steve comedy, like very dry. The main dude is right. He just goes so over the top. He goes so over the top reactionary. And I remember I text Dan when he was just like, you should have gone into computer science because you are a sucky detective. <laughs> I was like, this is really good. It's my sort of comedy. And the ending sticks the landing. Like, I'm like, I didn't see that coming. Wow. That's very smart. I don't know what the very end means. There's a thing that happened where he gives kind of a look. And I'm like, I wonder if that refers to something I might have missed during the middle. But either way, I love, I really, really, really like this movie. As in, I was, if I didn't have more work to do, I told Dan I would have started it over and just started watching it all over again because I genuinely liked how he wasn't a dunce. He was, he maybe went over the top sometimes, but there was a point where he normally, when you first see what he's after, a person freaks out. That is not what he did. He did not freak out. He got out the car and handled that business. And I was like, okay, this guy's like, I see why they hired him. I get it. The, and Robert Forrester, we're going to miss him. He was so good. I mean, you know, it just takes me back <sighs> to Jackie Brown, you know, and I'm just like, oh, he's gone. So um, good movie. I would give this um, three out of five Halloween zip up suits. All right. Now, Mother Robert God. Forrester, he died this year, right? Yes. Oh, last year, this year or last year. I was thinking about that and it, it didn't, something didn't seem right. Cause I was looking at him and in this movie, he does look fairly frail, but yes. you can tell he's definitely aged quite mm-hmm. a bit since the last time we saw him, but I'd forgotten that he died. And I was thinking, man, it's only it a matter of time. Too. It's only a matter of time. And then you just reminded me right now that he did in fact die. So see, I told you, um, I will tell you that <laughs> for whatever reason, I had trouble watching this movie, Steve. Like I, I, I tried three times to watch this movie oh, and it had nothing to do with the content of the movie. There's yeah. just sometimes in this house where we've had this conversation before you're, you start the movie and you're starting to get into it. Let's just say we're at the scene. Like this is how far I got into it before I had to stop it. The first time was the, the very first murder scene that has to do with um, like a cabin and some, and the temperature of the water and such. And immediately I sit down, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, here we go. Now it's time to get busy. And then like someone comes in and wants to talk to me about whatever. And then another person comes in and wants to talk to me. So I'm just, I'm distracted to be. Oh, totally. I get it. You know what I mean? I get that. So I I just couldn't do it. So I turned it off again, tried again. Third time I got it. So I watched it yesterday. It's still pretty fresh in the, in the, uh, in the brain. 
And um, I will tell you that I'm glad that I stuck with this one. It's definitely the type of movie that I don't feel is like, I don't even know if it's necessarily a horror movie. To me, it seems more like a thriller in a way because it's, it's sort of without giving anything away, it's sort of dressed as a horror movie, but it may not be that. It's more like, I see what you did there, Dan. Oh, you like that? Thank you. I, what'd I do? Oh yeah, I know what I did. That was kind of a hacky joke. The joke didn't really have teeth. You like Ooh. that? Oh my God, here we go. Well, I hope it suits you. Oh! Game All over. Right. We done. have a winner. We're we have done. a winner. We're good? I can see. See, he has um, to do that to shut us up. Jesus, that was good. Wow. Let's talk about Jim Cummings for a second, because I've never seen this guy before. And I got to tell you, he puts on a hell of a performance. The first couple times that I watched it, I, was, I wasn't really taking him seriously. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but he does. He has a Jim Carrey thing that he does. Does anyone else, did anyone else catch that at all? Like certain faces he makes and certain body mannerisms, particularly at the end. Like he really had like this, uh, this Jim Carrey way about him, not a zany way. It's just his, his body language basically. Um, and I, what I like about the story is it, 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 it really kind of doesn't back away from the inner struggle that this guy's going through. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. He's got murders happening in his town. He's got his father who's about, I don't know if he's about to go, but he's clearly ready to retire. He's ailing. He can't keep up with things. And he's, and he's got a bad heart. So he's worried about his heart. You know, he's dealing with a divorce. He's dealing with trying to basically make good with his daughter, who yeah. is very, very bitter about things. Obviously, it's, it's one of those divorce parental type situations. But he's got a lot going on. But on top of all of that, he's also dealing with this massive drinking problem. And you don't really know how deep he is until there's a certain scene where some mouthwash is involved. You're like, okay, my man's got a serious issue. <laughs> You know, so it's like um, w- the third time it really took me to like watch him and realize that, oh, this is a guy that's just ready to explode. Like he's a ticking time bomb. Basically, you don't know when it's when he's going to go. He's doing his best, which is probably his worst because he's hurting himself. But he's doing the only thing that he can to like control that. Yes, drinking. Yes. And it's not working out very well after a certain part. So, you know, he really dives into his work. And um, I got to say that the way that this movie plays out, I'm changing the subject, the way that this movie plays out and you see the various murders that take place in this town. I got to tell you, man, I did not see the ending coming whatsoever. Dude. Um, there's something that occurs in the movie where you're, you kind of like there's, I think that there's, there's some people that could probably guess, but in this case, like I was completely sur- surprised with the results of like, like the outcome of what happened. Um, I don't want to go really into it because this is, we've kind of already sort of flirted with like spoiling the movie. So I don't want to do that, but the outcome of this movie was not what I was expecting. And it made me go, ah, that's, that's pretty fucking sweet. Like, you know, point to the movie because I think that it ended up doing, like you said, Steven short, it basically just stuck the landing. I was not expecting that whatsoever. You can tell that it's a little bit of a lower budget. But the acting is so goddamn good in this. Dude. They put in such fantastic performances that it makes you kind of forget about that. And I think that they really put all of their heart and soul into the script. And that's what makes this movie the movie that it Absolutely. ended up being. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I strongly recommend it. I think that if you, if you're, uh, I've been saying this a lot, and it's only because I'm thinking of certain people when I say it. But again, I will say it. If you are flirting with horror movies, dipping your toe in the water, this is a good one to to start with because if you're, I will say it's um, uh, it's not stingy with the gore, but it's a type of gore where I think it's not like you're not watching intestines being pulled out yes. and stuff like that. Yes. You know what I mean? There are there are some elements of gore in here, but for people that 
want to jump into something and try it out, I think this is a good one too. And on top of that, you're going to get a really good story too. So yeah. um, I will go ahead and give it my rating. I gave it 3.5 out of five missing nether regions. I loved it. You know what though? The one thing that there is a scene where uh, there's a girl and a dude in a car and the neighbor is pointing over the car. Like something's coming. Right. Dude, what a good, I was like, whoa, that was a good scene, dude. I didn't, I mean, you, you kind of know where it's going, but it still shocked me when she's like, look, and she's like, what are you pointing at? I was like, holy crap, that was scary. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, G. I thought it was just well done. It's, and the thing is, it's those things that, that skimp on the budget where they're like, they have to do those sort of tricks. They're like, look, we can't do, you know, all this weird CGI. So we have to just, by the way we're shooting it, make it scary. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, it's just genius stuff. It's just genius. Genius. I'm very interested in what the director does next. I really liked it. What I liked about that is it's, um, there's some very graphic things that are happening in this movie, but it kind of leaves it up to your imagination. Sometimes I'm thinking of uh, one particular scene with a mother that's driving. God, you know, there's a lot left to be imagined, but you know what happens. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty crazy, dude. I was like, wow, they really went there. So it's like more of like, I don't know. I think I was, I was in my head more about it, kind of picturing what could have happened. You know what I mean? And yes. And it just blew my mind. Yeah. They're, they're definitely working with a lot on this one for, they're just putting their goddamn hearts into it. So yeah, I mean, I can't really recommend this movie enough. I, I didn't think I was going to like it the way that I ended up liking it because it took a couple of tries, but that was completely external. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow, guys, check it out. It's totally worth the watch. Really fun movie. All right, what next guest, Daniel? Let's go with Mortuary Collection. Hit it. What did you think of Mortuary Collection? Well, first, before we start, I'm going to let Daniel do this. Well, that's dangerous. But uh, I will say a special person close to my heart, to every um, horror fan's heart is in this movie. I think every horror fan's heart, I think. You know what I'm saying? is in this movie. So um, uh, brace yourself because I have a feeling Daniel's going to uh, give us one. The most amazing review of this movie, this Shudder movie, Shudder exclusive that we have ever no. heard. Get our no pressure, please Daniel. don't do this to me, Daniel. I, bro, I, I don't. Go. I don't watch none of the. I don't watch none of this, man. But I liked it. Like, oh, here it comes. I really think that, like the uh, that the, the that the vet should take this one. I, I have uh, some <laughs> takes on this movie, and I enjoyed it. But like, yo, I'm so foreign in this, and I'm just happy that I'm along for the ride, and you guys will have me. Yeah, no problem. Listen, let me just talk about this real quick. The Mortuary Collection, sorry, The Mortuary Collection came out 2019 on the cusp of retirement. An eccentric mortician recounts several of the strangest stories he's encountered in his long career. But things take a turn for the phantasmagorical, that's a nice word, when he learns that final story is his own. Steve, I want to talk about this for a second. I'm going to I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give Daniel the break on this one, okay? Thank you. Let me tell you who stars in this movie and then we'll go from there. So, stars Clancy Brown, Caitlin Custer, Christine Kilmer, who else we got? We got Jacob Elordi, Ema Horvath, Jennifer Irwin, and James Bachman. I got to be honest with you, there's only one person I can think of, Steve, that is that you must be talking about. So, um anyone that's well, many people that are that are horror fans love Clancy Brown. 
He's a a man of many abilities, but the main thing we remember him for is Pet Cemetery. And the reason we remember him for Pet Cemetery is because it could have been corny as hell. It could have been so bad. But he made it well for me because I was at a certain age then, he made it scary for me. I was like this guy is very spooky. I don't like what's happening right now. And uh and to be specific, it's the second one. The first one, fine. But the second one is where he comes into the picture and 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 man, he I don't even think there's such thing as spoilers for a 20-something-year-old movie. But either way, he's Yeah, he's I think you're th- good. Yeah, okay. Well, he plays a thing that comes back to life and not the zombie way. He plays a very scary way. And so from then on, I was on. Now, obviously, a lot of kids would know him as Mr. Crab from, from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> but Holy he, shit. Seriously? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mr. not a big Crab. SpongeBob guy, but I had no idea he was Mr. Crab. Gee, so for, so to, to, to keep it easy, he does not need the work. No. He's doing quite well for himself. He's probably my favorite character actor, period. Oh, wow. More than Steve I love Bucini. this guy, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I love this guy. Do you guys remember a movie? This came out in the 80s. It starred Sean Penn and Clancy Brown. It was called Bad Boys before no. Bad Boys came out. Mm-mm. Dude, check that movie out. That's actually a really good movie. It's got Ali Sheedy as uh, Sean Penn's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And basically, she gets raped. Jeez. By this guy. Did you ever see La Bamba? Yeah. You know the guy? I can't think of his name right now. Not my... Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips? No, no, no. Not Lou. His brother. Bob. Jason Diamond Phillips? The, the guy that played Bob. That's Bob. like, you treat me like a goddamn dog. You know what I'm talking about? No. His name is Bob. His name is Bob in the movie. Check it out. It's on... There's IMDb. You can find out all this stuff. Anyway, uh, he's in this one. He rapes Ali Sheedy. Well, Sean Penn gets revenge and, he, and they're, all, they're all teenagers. And he goes after him. They both end up in juvie. And then it becomes a straight up war in juvie. And it's, it's fucking juvie great movie. War. Hmm. It's a juvie war. I think they should have called it juvie war. But I highly recommend you check that movie out. I will check it out. That was my first. It was a teenage Clancy Brown or maybe like early 20s. But he's always been this guy that anytime he's on screen, you know something bad's usually going to happen. Like when he plays a good guy or a non-villain, let's say, you're still kind of waiting for something to oh, happen. for sure. You know, even when I saw him in uh, Shawshank Redemption, I'm like, oh, snap. And guess what? He didn't disappoint. So Clancy Brown's always been one of my favorites, man. Yeah. He is um, fantastic. And, and, it, it, and it makes no, like, nothing changes for this one, too. He's fantastic in this movie as well. He's amazing. And I love the fact that he no- understands, because I love horror anthology movies. I've watched two of them this week, and both were really good. Um, he knows exactly what movie he's in. But he doesn't play it corny. He's like, I'm going to be the thing that this movie requires. And he does a really good job. I think all the stories in this anthology are, are fun. They're perfectly fine. It's, it's enjoyable. My main thing was the way they set it up, where they're just like, I got a story to top that. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then after one story, I had a thought. And the, the girl in the movie actually mirrored my thought. She's like, yeah, I saw that coming. So they almost play on, yeah, we know what we're showing you. We get it. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed the Mortuary Collection. I think Shudder is about, is like killing it right now. Um, but They're at the top of their game right now. Dude, they, well, this is the season. This yeah, like if you're going to get it right, <laughs> this is the month to do it. This is the one. And uh, so I would recommend um, for those more intermediate horror fans, because this does have some gore. 
Um, I would recommend this for people who like horror already, but are just in the mood to see something from another another take on the anthology idea. I would say that if you liked VHS, you might like this because it's saying, oh, here's another story. What's this? It's that thing. It's not just some random, oh, an anthology series that credits, next story, credits, next story. No, that's a, it's a story behind the anthology. I would give the Mortuary Collection a 2.7 out of 5 bursted penile organs. Dang it. I think we're all probably going to go with that one, right? <laughs> no, I, nope. I had a back. I have a backup. <laughs> okay. Nice. So funny thing about this movie, I start watching it while I'm eating my lunch and the beginning of it, I'm like, okay, it's a horror movie. My mom just comes home from work and I'm like, Hey, just watching a movie. Don't mind me. I have my headphones in. You know what I mean? And I'm like, did they send me a kid's movie? Cause when I first saw it, it reminded me of when my grandpa used to watch uh, the Crypt Keeper movie, the Crypt oh, yeah. Keeper show. You know what I mean? Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember being terrified of that when I was like seven, you know? Yeah, it's not a kid's movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, but at first I was like, but this this is a little campy. And I was like, all right, maybe they're going easy on me because they know I'm an idiot. And they sent me this on purpose. And I watched the first story and the, the girl like plays it off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all agreeing with her. And I had just told my mom before the second story started, I don't know what's up with this one. And then I'm going to my room to continue my day and she's like maybe it builds and then the next one is the next story and i'm like oh it's building so <laughs> this one took me on a <laughs> i was like definitely There's not a a, building in that episode i was like definitely not a family movie <laughs> like after that no. second story <laughs> but i was it the first story didn't quite hook me in but when the second one came through and ended, I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? I need to see. <laughs> and it grabbed me. It took a hold of me. And being somebody who's not super into gore, it was story gore. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just like The Wolf was storyline gore. It wasn't gore for the sake of it. It was like, hey, this is how serious this is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I was, I was enjoying that thoroughly. And by the end of it, the twist is always fun in in the stories and i i'm always up for that so i'm gonna give it another uh, three out of five demon toddlers oh man that was yeah i forgot about that that's a heck of a little thing right there what about you danathan okay i'm gonna tell you right now i really like this movie and i agree with both of you in the sense that it's a great anthology, first of all, and I think it's up there with some of the better anthology movies that are, you know, like of this time, um, horror related. I liked it because like Daniel, when I first started watching it, that's the first thing I thought of was like Tales from the Crypt, Creep Show. It's got that kind of a vibe to it. And the very first one that they do is a bit of an introductory type of a story. It's, it's quick. You know, it's kind of to the point. And it kind of leaves you thinking, okay, I sort of know the pace of this movie so far. And much like Daniel said, not the case whatsoever, because the immediate (laughs) next segment, which was probably my favorite of the bunch, I think that it had the most story to it. And I do think that it does does a pretty good job of kind of sneaking in some social commentary, you know what I mean? Which I thought is a good thing, considering like I have kids that are uh, still fairly young, but both one's an adult, one's approaching adulthood. It's sort of nice to know that like they're still putting out a message, even as twisted as this is to protect yourself. I'll leave it at that segment two. check it out anyway. Um, but the ending of that segment 
did one of the things that I just did. I never expected it, even when I knew what was happening to some degree with this particular character. Uh, how can I say this without really giving away any spoilers? Uh, there's a party and uh, there's a guy that meets up with this girl or early in the day. They meet up at this party and uh, they end up, you know, going upstairs and having their way with each other. But things don't go according to plan. And the next day, repercussions are definitely involved. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I think that this is an excellent submission from Shudder. Like, like you're saying, Steve, like, like they're just on fire right now. I'm talking about from the cinematography to the music to the color being used in this. The acting's all fantastic. Again, I love Clancy Brown, and I think that everyone else did a fantastic job with this. But it's kind of something for everybody. You know, you, if you don't really like too much gore, uh, you are going to see it in here, but I think that it's pretty tame. I didn't think it was all that bad, but yes, there is gore involved, but it also takes you to different levels. Like I think that it goes like kind of like from, you know, beginner to difficult and then back to medium again in this, like they kind of switch it up a little bit, but it all makes sense. And yeah, it gets campy as hell, but I think that they pull it off very well. I like this one a lot. As far as these movies are going with shutter, I think that there's been maybe like out of the last five that I've watched, there was one that was just kind of okay, but Shudder's just smashing it out of the park right now. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one a pretty high rating, more so than I expected it to. Um, I really liked it a lot, and I'm going to go ahead and go with four out of five alarmingly alar- enlarged penises. Dude, and I loved that that ending is a, they stick it, man. They're just like, I'm like, oh, that's really, I, I there's one part where I was just like, I almost felt good. I was like, oh, now I see why. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, someone gets to something and never mind. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, did any of you guys see that coming? No. Like, you know, something's happening, but I had no idea it was going to go in that fashion. No. And it turns out that the, you know, one of the people that were slightly annoying, he's like almost too skeptical. Like, that's pretty good, old man, but scare me a little bit more. That kind of thing. Like, I was like, ah, I don't know. Turns out being one of the strong points of the movie. So it's really, it was really good. It was a well yeah. done movie. It was a very well done movie. I just, I look forward to like, I hope Shutter continue. I, 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 here's my goal. I hope that some company has a Shutter off brand where all that section is just devoted to making Shutter movies. All we do is make horror movies for Shutter. This is what we do. Well, the thing is, Steve, they are putting out Shutter movies that aren't on Shutter. Really? Like the pale door. The pale door wasn't on Shutter, but that one you can you can rent. What's the other one? That's um, a Shutter movie. That's a Shutter movie. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I can't think of the other one. There's another one that's popping in my head, but I just can't remember the title of it right now. But they are definitely putting out movies that are Shutter. What do you want to call it? Shutter produced, Shutter. Shutter exclusive, but not through that's Shutter. Really cool, dude. So they're turning it into more of like a, a movie company. I think. I would love that. I think it's going to be a great idea. I hope this doesn't affect her. Like, well. Never mind. You don't have to pay to be. Well, that would be good. That would be good. But I do like right now sort of the special exclusivity of horror fans being able to have this little, you know, corner that we can sit in. This little horror oasis. Yes. And when you open it to the masses, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You like the exclusivity. You like to be in the private club. it's fun because that means you really, the horror fans really want to watch it instead of people like look at this stupid movie well you shouldn't have watched it anyway you know what i'm saying it wasn't for you really right so you know i like the exclusivity so all right i guess there's only one next man i do have a prediction though oh please 
at the rate that they're going right now, I would like to think that when you hear the word Blumhouse, when you hear Shudder, they're going to be very, very similar as far as like the weight that they carry. You know, oh, like yeah, sure. all the time we're here. Oh, the new Blumhouse, the new Blumhouse. When you start hearing the new Shudder, and I think it's coming soon, I think that they have, they've stepped to that next level. And I don't see them slowing down whatsoever. I think that uh, where Netflix is right now, I mean, yes, Shudder is kind of the Netflix of horror, but I think that they're doing something right where they are building. Like, I know a lot of people that were really never into horror before. And now Shudder comes along, the pandemic hits, and you get like a month free Shudder. Everyone's watching it now. That's and I true. think that it's, you watch two years from now, it's going to be huge. But you're going to, instead of being hearing, instead of hearing, you know, a new Blumhouse, you're going to hear the new Shudder. I think it's going to be a household name very soon. I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, here's the interesting thing that Blumhouse is doing. I think they might have played it wrong. Before Blumhouse, before when Blumhouse was doing it, what they would do is uh, they would give a million dollars to a bunch of different uh, or one to five million dollars to all these different movies. And one of them will be a hit. But they were such a small company that the one would be a hit is the one that you'd hear of. You wouldn't hear about any of the other ones yeah. because it's a low nothing Blumhouse movie. Now Blumhouse is such a name that when they dish out this money to all these different movies, the fact that they have Blumhouse makes you watch those movies and they're terrible. Mm -hmm. But it was not (laughs) supposed to be. It was supposed to be just like in the old days where you wouldn't it wouldn't even break the surface. But now the Blumhouse name alone will make you break the surface. So they have to – I don't think they're going to be able to follow this rule anymore. You can't just give a bunch of people this money and know that one of them is going to be a mega hit. You're going to have to unfortunately be way more choosy because your name is going to make it break the surface now. Right. You don't want it watered down. Thank you. And that's what's happening right now. What was the last – I don't even know it was the last one. But wasn't Fantasy Island a Blumhouse movie? I do believe it was. I believe it was. And it was just straight trash. It was trash. Uh, one of the other dude. ones, New, um, April Fool's Day, another garbage movie. See? So I think for a while, Blumhouse was just going, yeah, we'll take it all, man. It's, you know and I mean? it was like, smart because you would right. never hear about the other ones. Yeah. Another Blumhouse movie, another Blumhouse movie. Like what you're saying, Steve, where a little bit down the line, it might start working against them. At least that's how I took what you were saying. For sure. Dude. It's Before no it was question. like, oh, another Blumhouse. I'm going to see this shit this Friday. I don't Bingo. even care what it's about. Bingo. So they've got to be careful. And I hope that Shudder does not follow suit with that, is more choosy, like you're saying, and keeps producing these great movies. I mean, they're just, um, you're just not seeing movies like this on any other network. You're not. And it all changed. A lot of it changed with Get Out. Yes. Like when you have your name on that, now everybody's like, oh, snap. And I think they should have been like, okay, wait, everybody, we can't just throw $5 million at, hey, this guy's this guy, this person, this woman, this person, this person. One of them's gonna now we watch when it says Blumhouse, we watch it. And when it goes off, you're like, that was garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be like, oh, it's Blumhouse, but who knows? It could be because I will tell you, like companies like A24 and stuff like that, they're coming for their necks. They're like, okay, you guys keep doing a million. We're gonna do special ones, a few special ones. And they'll break the surface. Wasn't I think Midsummer was an A24. Yep. And mind and you, I, I didn't like it, but a movie. lot of people do. A lot of people do. So when you have someone like them not giving money to a million people, when you see the A24, you're like, oh, it's legit. You don't want Blumhouse to be that thing you see and be like, oh boy, it's going to be a freaking quarter toss. You know what I'm saying? Flip a coin. Is it going to be good? So you're totally right. You're totally right, man. They need to be very careful. Very careful. 
Because he has the money to spend on a million movies, so he can keep on doing this. It's not going to hurt him. Oh, not at all, dude. It might hurt directors that don't have the leadership from him now. Like, when you have a, you give this money to a few and you could actually walk them, give it to two people and walk them through the process. Don't give it to some director and now their name is forever attached to this garbage piece of garbage. You don't want that, man. You want to foster talent. Foster these talented people, man. Not everyone's a Jordan Peele. You know what I'm saying? Like, foster these horror directors. Do you think, speaking of Jordan Peele, do you think that like Blumhouse, where they start to see the Blumhouse Productions logo and then you're going to see Monkey Paw, do you think there's going to be more companies working with Shudder? For instance, how about yes. Monkey Paw? Do you think you're yes. going to see a Shudder Monkey Paw, you know, uh, union at some point? Collaboration? Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they do. I think it just depends on um, whatever deals Monkey Paw has with other that's like exclusive. If they're not exclusive, let me tell you something. That's where Monkey Monkey Paw belongs. Monkey Paw belongs in the Shutter universe. Right. It seems to make all the sense in the world, all right? All the sense in the world. They're just like, because here's what I will say. They won't say no to him. Right. Shutter will not be like, no, nah, they'd be like, we will, don't worry about the money. We will find a way to afford, like, what do you want? And yeah, I mean, but that's, here's the thing. That's unless Netflix is like, oh, all y'all want to give him a deal? Let's just have one meeting with him. What's your number that would make you go nuts? Be like 300 million? Done. Next. They can do that. Netflix can just outbid every, you know, never mind. You know who can outbid everybody? <laughs> Amazon Prime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, aye. Jeff Bezos will be like, the money I have in my glove compartment. Yeah, what do I got in my sock here? This will work. <laughs> A little bit sweaty, but you can have it all. <laughs> Why don't you make, but I would not recommend him doing that. It's too watered down. Prime Video is too watered down. Shutter is so exclusive that, like, Jordan Peele would own Shutter. Monkey Paul would be Shutter. Everything they do would be on the front page. Oh, dude, you just got me excited, bro. I mean, it just <laughs> seems to be a perfect fit. It seems to make oh, sense that, that like that's that's the natural progression. I don't know. I mean, you know, money talks, and I get I it. And know, I'm not going like to act like I understand all the. I don't. I'm not going to act like I understand all the inner workings, right? But you know, it's a money situation when, like, say, Twilight Zone is getting picked up by CBS All Access. I think that, granted, Twilight Zone isn't always a horror based show, but I think it would do exceptionally well on Shutter. And we don't, we forget, like, people are like, oh, it's on all access. People forget how much money CBS has to just throw around. And you do, like, for them to fund a movie level, like, every one of those episodes are movie level, like, production. And they just fund it for their side groove. That's money, bro. Yeah. They, they fund it for their side online thing. So, yeah, I get why Jordan Bill's like, hey, man, shoot. I'm yeah, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. It's just what because I know he said he only wants to do three movies. He has three movie ideas, and he said, and after that, he doesn't want to do anymore. He just has these three he wants out, and so far it's been Get Out, it's been Us, and there's one more. Do you think there's ever going to be an Us two? No. Yes, I think they should not do that. I don't think that. And on the thing is, I know that all of it there 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 is rumor that Us and Get Out are in the same universe. So you think they're going to tie it all together? Yes. That'd be I good. I think they're going to tie it that. where, like, you'll see it online where there's, like, a hands across whatever, but then it's going to be a throwaway. It's going to be done, and then the movie's going to continue. But it's going to be like, oh, this is all 
happening at the same time. And like maybe one of the actors would be like, why are they holding hands? What is all these people that look like in the reds anyway, moving forward? Or just like a scene of hands across America on the television. You know what I mean? Something very subtle. Yeah, something very niche where we're like, ah, ha, ha, I see what you did there. Anyway, yeah, that that thing. And mind you, seeing him seeing him retire from directing is going to suck. But I get it. Because you're not going to, if you do three and all three are like us and get out, that is a trifecta, the likes of which we haven't seen for a while. That's a hundred percent in your directorial. That's, that's amazing. Especially coming from Key and Peele G. Yeah. No one saw this coming. No, not even a little bit. That is crazy. So yeah, I'm very eager to see. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to talk about an, a movie. Let me tell you something. This is a movie that I've been trying to get Daniel to watch for a Daniel and well Dan. We're gonna go Dan. You talking about me? Yes. I've yes, been you've been talking about Dan, this movie for a good two years, dude. Dude. And Dan just never. I don't think he likes one of the stars in the movies. Bingo. That's that's a thing. Yeah. Right? Well, it's not that I don't like talking about Martin Freeman. Yes. I'm not a huge Martin Freeman fan, but I don't necessarily think he sucks or anything. I'm just, he's not, or I just rush out to go see him. You know what I mean? So yes, to be quite honest with you, his face was what was keeping me from watching this damn movie. And you think I love him. Um, you seem to. Yes, yeah. You're very much into that. Whatever series he was on recently, you wanted me to watch. I didn't watch that either. <laughs> I watched another, I watched last week, another movie with him again. I didn't like the Hobbit. It's just the Martin Freeman thing, but he's, he's perfectly fine. He's not yes. a bad actor. He doesn't suck. I don't know what it is. It's just not something where I go, oh, I got to go out and get me some Martin Freeman movies. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> this movie is a 2017 movie. The synopsis is skeptical professor Philip Goldman embarks on a trip to the terrifying after being given a file with details of three unexplained cases of apparitions. Now, what it really is breaking down to is this guy debunks bullcrap. The thing we love, Penn Jillette. Uh, rest in peace, the amazing Randy. These guys used to go to people who are who are taking advantage of really heartbroken folks. It's an ugly business. They take advantage of heartbroken people and make people say, "Oh, I'm talking to your mom." Or yeah, traveling psychics and such. Exactly, which is why I don't know why this idea never came up before. I'd be like, what if? Oh, it it, it kind of ruins it, delicious. Okay, anyway, um, so this guy travels the world debunking these things and he has a mentor and in this movie he gets to meet his mentor one day dan how did you like ghost stories i really love the shit out of this movie like <laughs> way, way more than i thought i was going to you know um i like that whole thing about like debunking stories and then yes. getting thrown into them you know and and quite honestly i think they could have spent more time there but I like what they did with this here. This movie is definitely broken up into three different parts, mm -hmm. three different stories. His mentor, as you're calling him, does send, tell him, he's like, these are the cases that I could not solve. This is the, these are the so ones smart. where, yeah, these are the ones where I just, you know what? I've debunked a whole bunch of things. These, I have no answer for you. So of course this guy wants to go ahead and do that and call mm -hmm. bullshit on him. And the stories are all very different. Um, mm -hmm. I'm led to think, Steve, and correct me if I'm wrong. Are they all sort of tied together in some way? I didn't see the tie. I did. Oh, in there, the okay. Technically, the first story it, and the yeah. third story, I have. There's a tie. Yes. And I'm just curious. Wait, is the first? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It would be the 
first and second story, I think. No, no, no. First and third. That's right. Because what I'm talking about without getting into it is a, uh, a little doll in a yellow jacket or yellow dress. And that pops up several times. So I'm still kind of confused. You know, I'm talking about in particular, the very first, uh, the ending of the very first story where someone gets a hug. Okay. Well, the thing is, it's all technically tied. The thing is, it's all coming from, as we learn later, I can't even say it. Yes, it's all tied together. It's all tied together. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked how they wove that all together like that. But some of the visuals and some of the scares, they weren't jump scares, but they were like, oh, that'd be crazy (laughs) if that happened. Like one that I didn't even expect to really get me, but it did, was... There, it's in the third story. It's got Martin Freeman, and he is checking on this uh, the crib. We'll just say he's checking on a crib. He walks up to this Ooh. crib, and like, I don't know if it's like diapers or tissues or something from behind him. Go oof, and they like shoot out. That I don't know why. Like for some reason, that yeah. I found to be one of the more scary things because I'm not like you know uh, someone that's afraid of ghosts or anything like that. But if that was to happen in that hypothetical situation, there are some things going on in this one where I think I, I think I, um, I respond more to the unknown and the unseen than the seen and known. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. those things that you can't see that are, that are the more scary ones to me. And there's a, there's plenty of it in this, but, um, yeah, I liked all the stories. Uh, I think that the first story and the third wait. The first story and the third story, I think were the ones that really got me just because I yeah. wasn't really expecting what happens to happen. Yeah. But it all comes down to me. Like I, I was like, I'm enjoying this movie. I like it a lot. It all came down to, and I texted Steve about this, the pretty, it's like five minutes before the movie ends. And there is a character Oof. by the name of Callahan that shows up and they tell a story of what happened to Callahan when he was younger. Callahan makes another appearance later on in this. And I got, Ooh. I don't know what it is, Steve, you know, I've seen a shit ton of <laughs> horror movies. Steve. That to me was one of the most disturbing scenes I've seen in a horror movie in a really long time with the, without getting into it, the cackle, the laughter, yeah. the beckoning, oh. the uh, hovering. There's a finger that goes into a mouth. Dude. There's just, I mean, dude, it's yeah. so eerie. It fucking freaked me out to the point where it actually, it didn't give me a nightmare, but it got into my dream last night. I was thinking about oh, Callahan yeah. in my dream last uh-huh. night. That imagery is going to stay with me for a very long time. And I think that honestly, like the whole thing, the whole movie is very good, but that scene alone pretty much just sold the whole movie for me. It made me love it. And I think it's one of the better ghost stories, no pun intended, because that is the name of the movie to come out in a really long time because it didn't make a mockery of itself. It didn't get campy at any point in time. Mm -hmm. It didn't play into the whole, it, it didn't get like, um, yeah, we know what we're doing and we know you know what we're doing, but we're still going to do it. No, it was one of the very few movies that I've seen in a very long time that actually took itself to be serious yes. the entire way through. And because it does that, it gives it a certain element that a lot of movies don't get because I think that sometimes nowadays these movies, much like say, um, well, let's just take Mortuary Collection for, you know, just for this example. That movie knows what it's doing too, but it does play with the campiness of things, which in a sense can kind of take you out of the movie a little bit. It kind of makes you feel safe, I guess, in regards to the movie. Like, okay, this is a little safe break. You know, we know what's going on. There's a transition of scenes and now we got another story going on. This one never really did that. It just sort of stayed in that same tone, very gray, like even the way that they shot it, everything's very gray. There's not a lot of sunlight. You know, it just, it it keeps a certain tone. and, And I think that, 
all of those things combined together made this to be a very excellent movie. Like one of the better horror movies that I've seen in a very long time. It just, it haunted me. No pun intended. Like, I'm not trying to be stupid when I say that it's a haunting movie, ghost stories. I highly recommend it. Should I give my rating now? Yes, sir. All right. Because I think it's, I think you're going to be surprised, man. I think it's actually higher than you would have expected. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give ghost stories a 4.5 out of five creepy ghost hugs. Love it. Daniel. it. What Yo. is your what, what, tell us the story? Because you said there's a story about ghost stories for you. I bought. I mean, as soon as I got like the instruction to watch it, I was like, "All right, here we go." I'm jumping in head first. So headphones on, loving the sound. First of all, like I had put it in my earbuds, and like remember we were talking earlier about ASMR and stuff. There's a scene where this guy lights a cigarette. You could hear the cigarette burning mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one of the shots, and I was like, "Oh, that just feels good." Like somebody cares and <laughs> yes. and yeah. the way it's shot, the way it's started, the way it's put together, it's like somebody really loves what they're doing and they want to paint a picture. And I was bought like right into it. And of course, being somebody who's not a movie type, this grabbed me and brought me right in and I was hooked. So I get through to the first story. There's a few things I'm I'm noticing and I'm trying to figure it out and all that, having that fun. And it's maybe about noon. And I have both of my headphones in and I'm by myself in my house and they're noise canceling headphones. I'm filing. I'm doing my thing. It gets to the first scene where the security guard is doing his thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's obviously this is spoiler free in my opinion. It's obvious that something scary is going to happen. Absolutely. Giving the setting. So I'm like, all right, here it comes. You know what I mean? So I'm ready for it with my headphones in, just kind of like bracing myself. The first scary thing happens and I'm like, you mother effer. And I'm like feeling it. And then, (laughs) and by the way, when I'm working in the office or on my computer, I take my glasses off because I'm nearsighted. So I don't hear like, I'm just all in the movie that happens. And then out of the corner of my eye, just above my field of vision of my screen, I see something move right by my door. And because it's blurry, I like stop and I look up and I take my earbuds out and I realize that my mom's home from work and she was talking to oh, <laughs> yo, yo, but when it was like sequential, like the first jump scare happens and I'm like, Ooh, okay. Like, all right. Like trying to toughen up. You remember when happy Gilmore gets hit in the face with the baseball? Oh yeah. And he's like, Ooh, that hurt a little, but let's go. That's me watching the first scare of the movie. And then I, and then the thing moves in the background of my real life, not the movie. And, <laughs> and i shit myself (laughs) and i'm like oh mom welcome back from work yeah and i tell her and she's cracking the hell up she's like see that's what you get like that's scary dude watching scary movies at this house that you know that like ghosts visit from time to time so yeah, like, we're talking about that too in just a second, by the for way. For sure. But like I was already in that mode. I had a conversation with my grandma and uncle who may have been there because that's their house. And I just said out into the open, into the air, hey, I'm gonna do this. If you don't like it, let me know and I'll respect it. I'm sorry if this disrespects you guys. And I move forward and I feel like <laughs> that was like a cool little it made me enjoy the movie more and it it was actually came at a good time because i had to laugh because yo i was so sold into this movie like i was in there i was in there and it it was messing me up and it was put together so beautifully the transitions between the stories the second story i was like all the way in there's some shit 
that in that sh- in that second part, I don't know if this, I don't even understand the spoiler thing, and so I don't want to like give nothing away. So I apologize if I do. Nah, go for it. You're but, all right. Okay. You're all right. So the second part when he goes to visit the little cokehead looking kid, yeah, which I don't know, he just seemed cokey. You know what I mean? But uh, he's disturbed. Oh, yes, the poor boy. But then when the guy like he's talking to the parents, the parents are, aren't responding, and he looks into the kitchen, and all you hear, there we go. <laughs> all you hear is water running and you see the backs of two people not moving that scared the shit out of me and that wasn't even like an actual jump scare anything really scary no it's spooky as hell dude. it's that yeah. unknown thing that dan was talking about and that part i kept thinking back to it like what the fuck is going to happen with these what, what are what are the rest of these people where are they what are they mm-hmm. is he is he possessed like i'm asking all these questions and it it was so scary that it almost took me out of the movie for a minute and i had to rewind it and then he goes up the stairs and he sees that picture quote the there's the other tie-in by the way yeah the set and and i when i first saw it i was like the fuck is that and i'm like okay i guess it'll relate later and it does thank goodness but like when that picture the that tie-in happens i was like oh this is just good storytelling and that's what i strive for and it actually helped me so much watching through the whole thing the third story there was something that happens where i was as soon as i saw where they were at and what they were doing in that third story when they were uh, talking with each other, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, the guy is probably going to do this thing. And then when he does it, I was like, oh, shit. But oh, man. But oh, shit. You saw that coming? Yep. As soon as they went out I there. I was totally shocked, dude. Oh. Yeah, I was like, why, hold up, what? Why the fuck else would they be out there? I don't know. Like doing something. But doing something? <laughs> Being creepy yeah. and British, man. Yeah, like walking and seeing the beautiful uh the 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 visuals, man. Yo, the visuals were telling me what was gonna happen. That's great. I did not when he all of a sudden looked at him in that weird way, I was like, oh, what's gonna whoa? Like uh, yo, I did not yo. like what? Hold up, can I can I put a pause in real quick? Cause I'm curious yeah. about something. Let's go. That exact scene that you're talking about right now, where he gave you said he gave him a weird look. Yeah, he looked at him like, huh. I took it as he was like looking over. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much, but I, like he was looking over that guy and like, oh shit, like seeing something making him do that. That's how I took it. Oh, but that's then, interesting. Looking at the hooded man. Yeah, but what we, yeah, exactly. But what we come to find out later on. Oh man. Was it completely threw me again because it's like, oh, this wasn't anywhere where I think it was going. You know what I mean? The it, thing is, it, what it was doing, because this could have been corny. We all agree this could have all it oh, would have taken sure. one thing that could have made this whole thing corny. For sure. Especially the end where it's just like kind of I won't ruin it, but it's kind of like a carnival thing. That could have been corny, but they make it so that you're like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what this guy's doing. I'm not I wouldn't like, I'm not following him anywhere. This is scaring me. He's playing like, with I him, was man. actively scared. Like, this is a movie. I don't get scared of anything most like when I'm watching a movie. This actively scared me at the end. Yep. Everything he did when he'd like go into this door, go here, look into that crib, everything was scary. Yep. Everything that, was scaring me. It had all the good scary things, the unknowns, Dude. the gore, the ghosts, the the <laughs> to take a friend's reference, the little girl ghosts, which are always extra scary. Oh like, man. The kid ghosts are always scary. Demon babies are terrifying. Kids in general scare me, so, but. Yeah, they're scary as fuck, just yeah, in general. That's why I'm not a dad. They're terrifying. <laughs> what's, what's your rating, brother? Oh, dude. 
Uh, I like talk to my lady about it. I'm going to watch it again. So though I'm not much of a movie watcher, I don't take in a lot of new media. When I find something I like, I play it to death. I'm probably going to watch this movie multiple times. I don't have a horror movie in my rotation at all. Five out of five baby Baphomets, like all the way. Nice. I love, and you know, it's funny. It's uh, It's a, this guy is the most dangerous sort. Like I would consider myself like him where most people, they see something scary, unexplained happen. And you run because your brain is like, oh, that's a thing we shouldn't be around. Facts. Whereas me not believing in it, I would just be like, I need to investigate further. Yeah. See what this is all about. That's what pissed me off. <laughs> That's what makes <laughs> it even more dangerous for me. Because I'd be like, if I saw my, like, there's a, ref, a a thing that happened in this movie where he's looking at in a car window. Oh, yeah. And if that would have happened to me, I would have been like, oh, it must have been some sort of thing that might have happened to make me think that what I'm seeing is real. So it wouldn't have, I would have just been like, like he did. I have to make sense of this because I know that there's nothing that can do this thing. Yo. I know that. So this movie is about, which draws me to it because it's about someone like me where I'm like, I don't believe it. It's not real. And at the end, when the guy is like, let me show you how not real this all is then. Uh, that is scary as hell to me. Be like, follow me and I, let me show you how unreal it all is. Let's smile. Come with me, ladies. I'm just like, oh my God, this is, that's like hell. Some, something like about that mentor. Walking you through the, huh? Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, no, no. What were you saying? I was saying something about that mentor just told me that he was going to fuck some shit up. Dude. There were some things about him that I don't want to give away. But like, again, because I start watching the movie and I'm already trying to figure it out. I'm like, this motherfucker's on some shit. (laughs) That's just, I'm going to be very, I'm going to use profanity just to be vague about it. So I don't ruin shit for people. Cause like, yeah, I want people to enjoy this the way I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's good, man. It tripped me out. It helped, helped me finish writing. That's Friday. I watched it. It helped me finish writing the second half of a Farouk song and then a whole other one too that That were some of the most difficult songs to write because of where they came from and what's going on with them. And that's a huge tangent though. That doesn't have to happen here and now, but yeah, the moral of the story is I got something out of that movie. A lot of something. That's fantastic. And those were the crying days in the studio. The next two days was seeing my influence from watching this movie turn into my storytelling and music and seeing it all come together in one cohesive which is the theme of the movie and flame emojis all of them don demarco's baphomet babies all that i love it i love and, and, and the interesting thing is as we learn technically your brain is trying to tell you these things are real and your other side is like no it's not yeah it focuses on we see what we want to see yes, we believe yes, what we want yes. to believe Hell and yeah. what i thought was brilliant about that steve is that there are certain parts of the movie where that really starts playing into it. Personally, it played into my head. So like, for instance, the very first story with the guy, the caretaker, and he's walking around in that dark and dingy area. There's a point where he, he sees something up against a back wall and he thinks it's like a figure that's moving. And when he gets up to it, it's something that's just inanimate and everything. But like, I was thinking (laughs) I'm seeing that move. You know what I mean? Like I was playing into that whole mentality of it. And I think that's why this movie is so brilliant. It actually, kind of draws you in much like movies should do of course but it draws you in and you're you're playing along with this now and you're like okay well what is real am i did i really see that i don't know if you guys had the same experience but i had this several yes. times throughout that movie where it's like 
maybe I'm just seeing this because I, I think that I should be seeing this. And the way that it all ties together in the end is just so fantastic. It's just beautiful. And the thing is, we're, we're evolved to see uh, like faces in the bushes and figures because if you, you know, back thousands of years ago, if you did not see that tiger's face in the bushes, shame on your monkey tail. <laughs> so you You're have done. to yeah. see a figure. You have to be a, that's why light sockets look like faces to us. We're used to seeing figures Word? hiding. And so in my brain, like that guy, if I saw that coat and I'm like, oh, or I saw the thing, I'm like, oh, it was just this. And so I would just be like, oh, whatever. And a <laughs> lot of people that believe in that stuff will be like, I don't care what it is now. A few seconds ago, it was a thing. And they vacate the premises, which is what you should do. Right. <laughs> People like me, I'm like, oh, I thought it was a thing eating someone on the ground. It's just a coat hanger. And I'm just going to move to life and be like, cool. And never rethink, be like, you really think it was just a coat hanger eating someone on the ground? Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Your brain makes sense of what it can't make sense of. So it's like, oh, this is what happened. Never mind. Move on. That was a thought that and crossed my Daniel's mind Daniel's brain obviously doesn't do that. Like Daniel would see something like that and be like, I'm not going into that room. Hell no. I saw what I saw. And even if I'm like, no, it's a mannequin, see? And you'll be like, no, nope, no, a few seconds ago it wasn't. I'm like, really? And then I'm missing for the rest of time as I go. <laughs> I'm there big picture when it comes to this shit. And my thought with, with the Night Watchman was – how bad does he need this fucking job and what needs to be protected Dude. there where he needs to stay his ass there? Dude, I'm out. <laughs> How bad is the unemployment situation in this town where this dude's got to work here? And who would fucking, if he's the head night watchman, who would know if he just dipped for the day? Nobody would know. I've worked overnight at a couple places and <laughs> slept a lot of times there. Nobody knows. Nobody gives a shit. As no, long as you check dude. off your little sheets and nothing is on fire by the time you get the hell out of there, he could have he could have gone to the fifties British version of McDonald's. Nobody would have known. They called it a day. They pay pay well anyway out there. Facts. So. Like but here's the thing. They clearly don't have dental. No, that's jacked up. Bucks <laughs> talking to you. Bucks, that was a shot. Damn, um, Bucks. I feel I would feel attacked. Yeah, you're yeah, editing so, that uh, one out. What I loved so much was the fact that, as you can see, the night the night watchman, when his brain gets broken and he sees these things, he's a broken man. Oh, yeah. You can tell how these people are different now. Yep. They have witnessed something that broke their brain, and they are different. And I'm like, yeah, you're in a way, if you see something or witness something your brain cannot explain – your brain is not going to any longer be normal. Yo. You're not. Or you're going to write a tome of stories that were like, oh, this is probably what happened. And people will read it and be like, no, no, no. It was just like people like Daniel be like, no, it was just a ghost. There's no scientific explanation for this. It's a freaking ghost. And, Yo. you know, if but if you accept that, people like my brain, my brain would, if I saw a ghost, my brain breaks because everything's on the table. Like I've told Dan <laughs> many times, I'm like, there's werewolves and there's also vampires. There's also zombies. It's not just ghosts. Everything's on the table. This now. guy lives in there a, might be a Thor. fourth graders and, Halloween universe. Gee, everything. Olympus is here. Thor he, is alive. He lives in everything. a Goosebumps episode. <laughs> Giant spiders. Nothing is beyond. Okay, spiders it, it, is too far. Don't say that. 
Well, here's the thing. Here's the funny part. Here's how ridiculous I am. I'm watching a National Geographic show, and this is years back. And um, there is a whole village that are built on stilts. Okay. And when asked, why did you build these things on stilts? This tribe said, because giant spiders come through and steal our babies. Shit. My American brain said, you ridiculous fools. Oh, no. You built these. And all scientists were like, we've never seen a spider the size of a deer. We've never witnessed it. And the tribal members were like, I don't care what you've witnessed. Do you think we would build all of these houses on stilts if we did not see a massive spider stealing babies? And I'm like, in my American brain, I'm like, oh, you poor things. You probably were on some sort of thing. And in your brain, you saw a deer. That deer transferred into a spider in your mind. You thought it stole babies. Your babies probably walked off into the field, died, and you thought the spider took it. And I'm like, you know why I think that? Because my brain would break if I knew there were deer-sized spiders. Defense mechanism. Exactly. But then I'd also have to say that these tribal members all built stilt level houses for no reason off of one person's imagination. And that seems just as not likely. But my brain would break if I gave in to the fact that maybe, just maybe, there are deer-sized spiders that can take human beings. What if the setting was Australia? Uh, Even then. They got some gnarly spiders out there, don't they? Thank you. And I'd still be like, you're ridiculous. And I'd probably be kicked out of a tribe, obviously, because I'd be the one being like, stop it. Well, dude, I'm building my house on the ground. Here's a question. If you're thinking about logic, if you see a deer-sized spider, what are your chances of surviving? Um, if they can move and do all the things that the, ba- the little spiders that we smash do, what are your chances of surviving? Of course, zero. nobody's seen them because they eat people. That's true. Bang. So chances are the fact that the survivors are, but that's just it. We, if my brain can't see it, if I don't witness it, this is so crazy. But then again, if you told me whenever that, hey, Steve, hi, John. And John says, I saw electricity strike the ground from the sky. I would say, John, you're ridiculous and we can't be friends anymore because that's (laughs) insane. And then if I did see lightning coming from the sky and hitting the ground, I would say, you know what? There's probably a God that holds lightning and throws it to the ground. Why? Because my brain would break if I just knew nature could just do that. How many times you burn your hand on the stove when you were a kid, Steve? A million. (laughs) Still hot. Still hurts. Million. Still hot. Still Still hurts. And the thing is, I now know that that's a, but if someone tells me there's a ghost, I'm like, in your brain, there is. Yeah. In your brain, there is a ghost. But I know that in our reality, they don't exist. That's how the brain works. Back to the movie that you just brought something up, seeing how they were broken at the end, right? Or broken mm-hmm. after they saw, after they had their experience. Totally broken, yes. What I realized now is all three of those men in the story were different age ranges and are dealing with it in a way that's kind of common for each of those age ranges. That's interesting. I didn't even peep that. The old man was like, fuck it, which is my grandpa <laughs> for exactly. sure. The middle-aged dude was shutting his brain. You noticed he was affected by it, but he was trying to play it cool because he's a business owner and a, and a mover and a yeah, shaker. And he's, a, he's a boss. He's He's got to rationalize. Yeah, he kept his front up until like 
he he just lived and died by his face. You know what I mean? By his front. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the youngster is erratic. He's a kid. He's doing internet research. He's you know what I mean? He's freaking Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And to me, that was like, oh shit, these are three stages of like dealing with trauma in, in different with what you're equipped with. And you that just so open t- that I did up. Not even think about that. It's a good catch, yeah. man. Something else to bring up that I'm experiencing right now, and it's lightweight creeping me out. So I hope the Dark Lord doesn't visit us or anything. To make this full <laughs> circle, I'm in my auxiliary, you know, I'm I'm in this room that's not usually my studio, and I have the microphone mm-hmm. right up against me with my pop filter, and right beyond my field of view, like right in my field of view above my microphone, is a window just chilling there open with the light coming through. Oh dude. And it's it like when I looked up right now, it kind of fucked me up. <laughs> Yeah, dude. What are you doing? So, Daniel, speaking of ghost stories, I'm told that you have some for us. I heard way back in the past that you had some stories that you were going to talk about. You want to talk about them now? Oh, we're ready for that story. Like to hear it. Here it goes. So in about 2008, I'm moving into a house. It's a family house that my late great grandmother and great uncle lived in. And a house in which my great-grandmother passed away in. I'm moving in. However, all the stuff, all the belongings of those two people are still in there. And I grew up with them, had great relationships with them. But that house had been abandoned for quite some time. And as a 23-year-old man, I'm moving in there and trying to clear out the house to make it my home. Me and a friend clean out the whole house, but we leave the master bedroom, which was my great-grandmother's bedroom and the room that she passed away in. We leave that one for last, and we have fun clearing out the whole house. We were very respectful of that last room. My great-grandmother, Tranquilina, was very Catholic and just like a God-type person, like in terms of she was just a superior human. And her room was filled with all of her religious belongings that people hadn't taken over the years because she had been gone for a good, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe eight years by then so that room is filled with like those bloody jesus statues and the crucifixes where jesus is all beat up all the extra catholic the old school stuff so we like very respectfully clear out her room and we put all those things in boxes very nicely we put them in the garage we were very like creeped out the whole time and my buddy was like super cool uh when we put the last box in the garage a moth flew out at us and scared the shit out of both of us because we were just like we were just in that mode of like yo this is weird and i was the only person to really stay in there for since i think they had passed and so we were very respectful but and we went about our day that room is 100 percent clean by the time i go to bed that night floors are mopped there's nothing hanging on the walls there's nothing on the windows nothing i lay down to sleep on a mattress in the room next to the room we just cleared out so they share a wall and i lay on my back and i start drifting off to sleep and i start hearing arguing like between two people sounds like two men arguing in the next room i am by myself in this home everything's locked there's nothing in this house but all my stuff in one room so I'm like, oh, maybe it's some neighbors or some weird sounds, you know, coming from somewhere else. We have a loud neighborhood out there in Pinedale, California. Shout out. So I start just trying to play it off. And 
I start feeling sleep paralysis at the same time, which I was very much struggling with. And when you don't know what that is and it's hitting you, you feel like demons are attacking your soul. You hear things, you see things, or I've heard things and seen things. So the arguing happens again, and then I'm getting the sleep paralysis, so I can't really do anything about it. And the arguing gets louder and louder. And now I don't know if I'm sleep paralyzed or scared shitless. Because now it sounds like they're about to fight. And I can't hear anything but muffled voices, like basically yelling at each other. And as I'm there, just kind of in this panic, just trying to breathe it out, like um, I hear a big boom sound. Imagine dropping a bowling ball. You know how sometimes the ball gets stuck and it'll hit the lane and make that big boom? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that 15 pound bowling ball up in the air, down on the lane as high as you can get it in my home, in the room next to where I was sleeping, in my grandma's room. The floor is like a linoleum. It's an old wooden house, so you can stomp and hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it boomed through the whole house. And I'm like, at this point, like, I'm like, I'm going to die in my mind. I'm definitely going to die. And it happens again two more times. Finally, I roll myself out of the paralysis. I get up, I grab my baseball bat. I run through the entire house looking for people, shine the lights outside. There's nothing in the room. There's nothing anywhere. So go back to bed, close all the doors, lock everything. And it happens again. This time even more intense and the booms are happening more often. It's almost like somebody's being slammed, like their head's being slammed on the ground, on the, on the floor. And it's like, argument, argument, argument. <laughs> Boom. And I'm completely paralyzed now in fear and like just exhaustion. So I end up being able to reach my phone, like turning over to my side and calling uh, the person I was with at the time. And she prayed with me and I cried and we prayed until it went away. <laughs> and it went away eventually. I fell asleep. I woke up the next day and I sat, my grandma's old rocking chair was still in the living room. I had a hard time getting rid of it. And I sat in that rocking chair and I had a conversation with her. And I said, hey, I'm back. I missed you. I am so sorry I didn't talk to you before I came in here. I'm so sorry I haven't acknowledged you. I'm so sorry I hadn't moved everything without even talking to you about it please forgive me. Like I'd like to stay here, you know? Yes. And, and at this time I was a bit on the religious side. So this stuff wasn't out of the question. And, uh, the craziness stopped. The paralysis stopped. Hmm. The sound stopped. Um, the weird feelings people would get in my house stopped. And then they'd only show up every once in a while when certain things were going down at the house. Hmm. Until, I found a picture of her in storage and put it up in the living room. And from then on, the house has been wonderful, peaceful, and she's only visited two more times and had been to kind of like say hi. And I say that because that's what I believe, because that lady was so electric that I'd find it hard to believe that her electricity would be contained to her regular body once she passed away. And so like the other two... I, I hope I told that story well enough. It's just my experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But the other two instances were, one, um, b- both before I put her picture up, 
but one I wasn't at the house, but my lady was, and she would stay there. Erin, uh, she would go to the house and during the summers, and she would clean the whole house and just be superwoman like in three days. And she would kick it there until I get off of work, and then we'd have like we'd hang out. And my brother got there one time before I came home from work to hang out with her. We're all gonna go somewhere, so he got there early. So they're just talking in the kitchen, and they're like looking at like a song or listening to music or something. And she goes, "Oh, that's official." And my brother goes, "Hell yeah, that's official." And my girl goes, "Yeah, like a ref with a whistle." And then off in the distance, they both hear, <whistles> and they both look at each other like, "Did you do that?" No, did you do that? And then they're like, "Who could have done that?" And they were creeped the hell out. She called me. I got home. They were like, "They they couldn't." They couldn't even get the words out for a minute, which is something my uncle used to do all the time. My great uncle, Tom. Oh, wow. Yeah. He used to put his eyebrows up and like he used to make us laugh as kids and he would do that with his hat. And so that happened and I wasn't there for that. And then the other thing that happened, which I thought was dope, is I now sleep. My bedroom is Grandma T's master bedroom. You know what I mean? Which should be the worst thing ever to do with the room she passed away in. You know, have that be your bedroom. Yeah. No, it's fine. She's cool. And Aaron showed up at the house one summer and cleaned the whole house, rearranged. She redid my studio, like wrapped up all my cables all nicely, like arranged the Xbox games. Like she was killing yeah. it. And she's cooking dinner. I'm about to come home from my lunch break. And she said she heard something, but nobody was there. And she looked into through the hallway and a shadow moved out of my old bedroom across the hall into my current bedroom back out and then just disappeared she said hmm. and she called me again like um and i'm like that's grandma i think you got her cosign because if you didn't get her cosign she would have done something different <laughs> after that i put the picture up and it, it hasn't been much going on anymore so you are a hundred percent you believe in ghosts i i don't the term ghost is kind of like like vampire or Frankenstein, you know what I mean? You believe in spirits after death. I feel like it's electricity, right? Our brains are electricity, like running our bodies. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what what would you think that electricity, like is that electricity pre our bodies or post our bodies? Uh, to use a sound term, meaning does that electricity exist before our bodies exist or does it exist like our bodies happen and the electricity is an occurring thing from that. Well, it depends on if you believe in past lives. Like a lot of people be like, I still have, I, they believe deja vu is like visions of past lives or they believe, oh, um, I, I was a pharaoh in my past life. But if you don't believe that, that means that if you did have electricity that was living already before you came, you would have consciousness of a previous existence. The I, fact and I'd that be we getting... only have consciousness of this existence. Yeah. A lot of scientists would be like, well, that shows that our existence is now. But again, the, no one knows what happens afterwards. No scientist has, has has been able to do a documented, I died, and then a year later, let me tell you what happened. I'd be getting no, deja vu like know. crazy, too, constantly. Yeah, so what if we're just unharnessed energy? Our current bodies are the vessels that we're in for this moment yeah. in time until it moves on to something else. So what if technically going into a new vessel sort of resets the slate? The energy is still there. The energy is still going to be constant. 
Yeah. But you don't necessarily take those memories with you. Well, I would say that you believe in a soul then. See, you believe humans have souls? Not necessarily. I'm just being hypothetical, but yes. I'm just oh, saying okay, we're okay, talking okay. about this kind of thing and we're and we're referring to it as energy. Like you're saying, Steve, then you would have, you know, it, by that theory, you would have like a memory of the past or something like that. But what if that's not the case at all? What if it's just, it's like a resetting every single time that you jump into a new vessel? And that, that I would go with that unless, but when we talk about later on after you die, you come back to places, you know, that would mean it doesn't reset because you still have memory of that thing. I am now going back to what I remember. But Steve, those are the lost souls that haven't crossed over yet. Lost souls. Yeah. They're in the, purgatory. Oh. Here, here's, I don't know. I'm just oh, <laughs> yeah, for me, I think it's just, unfo- I, I would have to see, and here's the problem. You probably, I probably won't see it because I'm not open to it. Right. That's sure. the only reason well, it's not going to manifest itself to me. You shut your electricity like, off to it. Bingo. I am more like, nope, don't believe it. And I, I believe, and this is from, you know, uh, experience and seeing uh, some of my loved ones experience some things that they couldn't explain, like doing things with the Ouija board at a young age and then them like, ne- like swearing off of it afterwards is that is a realm and a world that we don't belong on because we haven't graduated yet. So if you go to try to visit that or you disrespect that, they may pay you a visit. And in my opinion, trying to understand that, trying to peg that down is, is lightweight disrespectful because it's like, it's almost like a kid talking among adults type of deal. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and yeah, so I, it's I like totally... you try to tap into this other energy that you're not even on. You're still trapped in a body. You know what I mean? You're trying to trap, like tap into this new electricity that you don't even have the capability to handle. I would say that that's a uh, – here's what I wish. Here's what I wish because I used to mess with Ouija boards and stuff. I wish – I hope everyone gets on the level of Daniel. Only because, and this is so, this is so uh, meta, but if everyone gets on the, on the level of Daniel and they believe that, hey, these things go to a, a place where you're not on the level of, I think that might transfer to all living things and people would have more respect of death and how things die. And maybe that transferred into animals and how we kill them and how we treat them. And if all life is seen as, oh, crap, this thing goes on, maybe it it would make them more conscious of how they treat them here. Possible. And, and maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they'll be like, I don't give a daggone what an animal feels <laughs> after this. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Not at, I'd be like, yeah, that's a human. Well, there's still but negative you know, energy. But when you look at like Native Americans, the reason that they treat, they, they, you know, they pray over these animals after they kill them for food is because they believe that that spirit goes somewhere. And they sit there and be like, I'm sorry, but I had to do this and thank you for nourishing us. There's a reason they do that. It's a thing because they believe so strongly in how powerful the spirit is and how, how it still goes. It still goes forward. And so maybe if everyone thought like you, Daniel, that, you know, maybe that would make an effect on how we, we do that because we're never going to treat humans better. That's over. What a compliment. Those days, you know what I'm saying? Those, those, but maybe perhaps animals can, you know, be in that they're probably going to be here longer than we are. You know, we've already started the clock. 
Guys, speaking of ghost stories, guess what? The Halloween show is coming up. Do you have ghost stories? Do you have creepy stories that you want to tell? Hit us up at www.heroesofnoise.com. Go to the voicemail and feel free to leave a story. Freak us out. We want to know because we'll play it on the next episode. Steve, how you doing on time, brother? I am out of here, ladies and gentlemen. People, I had a great time. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Danathan the Manathan. Had a interesting expanded conversation about ghosts or lack thereof. I can't wait to have more. Maybe we're going to have to bring Daniel on for a um, for a Patreon episode so that we can uh, talk more about apparitions in the sort and uh, energy going forth and backwards. And what are we? What are we in this in this uh, mortal plane? And what are we after we shed this mortal coil? Anyway, I love you guys. The next voice you're going to be hearing is Danathan and Daniel. Peace. All right, Daniel, this is that moment where we do at the end of the show where we go like, is there any place that anyone can contact you? Maybe they want to know more about Farouk. Maybe they want to hear some more ghost stories. Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, absolutely. Um, I have so much social networking. I don't know what to do with it. I know that one of the places I usually am is the Heroes of Noise Facebook group. I really enjoy being a part of that. So you could find me on there probably just about every day reacting or posting stupid memes. You could also find me at the Rockman on Instagram and Twitter, also at VXDEDXV. And if you want to see anything about Farouk, it's at Farouk Mosh, F A R O O Q M O S H, or just ask my homie Steven from Australia. You could do that too. He knows all about us. Daniel Dominguez, ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. That's right. Stand up. The man deserves it. He told ghost stories, he reviewed movies, he talked music. He made fun of Steve. Really, what more can you ask for? You know what I'm saying? As for me, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan Ramirez. For Steve Hudson, for Daniel Dominguez, we are the heroes of noise. People, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 